Hello, and welcome to Talk with Christians. We have a great group today. Uh, let's get started. Justin, why don't you tell us uh, who you are, where you're from, and what you're doing in the kingdom? All right, my name's Justin Reed. I currently live in McMinnville, Tennessee, about 60 miles southeast of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm the pulpit minister for the Wood Church of Christ, been there since March of 2012, and then I also work in the local radio here helping get preachers on the air. That's me. Awesome, awesome man. Ben, how about you? Ben Grady, because we got two Bens. <laughs> I'm Ben Grady. I'm from South Haven, Mississippi, but currently I'm living in Calgary, Alberta with my wife and little girl. And I have the Warriors Cross Facebook group. And I'm working with the, the congregation up here at Northside Church of Christ. Awesome. And Ben Schaefer. Yeah, my name is Ben Schaefer. I am the uh, minister at the La Follette Church of Christ in La Follette, Tennessee, which is about 40 miles north of Knoxville, 20 miles south of Kentucky, right in the middle of nowhere. Hey, there's no nowhere. There's always somewhere. Come on. We're there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Patrick, how about you? My name is Patrick Swain, and I uh, work with the West Valley Church of Christ in uh, Goodyear, Arizona, which is a suburb of Phoenix. Uh, I also uh, do a uh, um, kind of a video devotional series called Mountain Strong, and my YouTube channel is Practically Exegetical, which uh, that's kind of my geeky Bible name. But um, anyway, uh, we've gone through the book of Psalms and have the whole, whole collection of the Psalms, video devotionals, and all the Psalms up there. So uh, check it out. All right. Awesome. And I'm Titus Blair. Uh, this is Talk with Christians. I'm an evangelist uh, missionary in New Zealand and to uh, spread the good news. So this week we have a fun title. I actually talked to a robot this week, believe it or not, uh, is artificial intelligence. It's something from OpenAI and it's this new thing that's writing articles and stuff by itself. So I decided to ask it this one question, which is what is the meaning of life? And so I'm going to bring that robot on to tell us uh, what the meaning of life is. So here we go. The meaning of life is a very important question, and one that has intrigued mankind for thousands of years. I have done some research on the topic, as requested by you, but I am afraid that my findings are rather depressing. I have concluded that the meaning of life is, in fact, nothing, nothing at all. Consider this, if there is a meaning of life, then it must be an objective truth that everyone can agree on. However, I have also concluded that all truths are subjective. If there is no such objective truth, then the meaning of life does not exist. It's just a myth that people have invented to make themselves feel better about their lives. However, if there is an objective truth, then it follows that everyone should agree on what the meaning of life is. But since we do not all agree, the answer cannot be true. Therefore, there is no objective truth about the meaning of life. It does not exist. All right, so that is what the robot said in its own words. Anybody have thoughts on that? Like the uh, use of syllogisms there, that's, uh, that's not too bad. Although uh, not sure that those are, uh, even though they might be um, kind of validly stated, I'm not sure that they're accurate, so. <laughs> that's right, so for the, for the people listening, what is the syllogism, just so they know? So that's the, the the kind of reasoning that you hear there in a couple of the statements that he made where, you know, he's like, well, if this is true and this is true, then this must be true. And um, so, uh, um, but obviously some of those statements are flawed. Yes. So we'll talk about it, right? We're going to talk yeah. about what the robot said. Uh, do you think, though, that this is a valid thing that if there is no objective meaning in life and what all, then there is no purpose, that life is meaningless? Well, 
I think it's fair. I don't want to, you know, just keep talking, but <laughs> I, I think that's that's a that's probably a very a very fair way of looking at it. Um, I don't I don't I don't really see um, if you know if you're looking for the meaning of life, but there's no objective truth that stretches over everyone, then there can't be a meaning uh, to life, right? And if there's no meaning, then there's no right or wrong, correct? Because if there's no right or wrong, then there's everybody's right, no matter what you do, right or wrong. There's no such thing. So if there's no meaning, there's no right or wrong. So let's talk about this, guys. Uh, what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? The robot said, hey, because that we all don't agree on something, we don't all agree on objective truth. Uh, there is no objective truth, therefore. And if there is no objective truth, there is no meaning in life. So what is, what is uh, Jesus' perspective on this? Let's, uh, let's talk to you. How about Justin? You interested? Well, I was just thinking there in John chapter 8, Jesus says in verse 32, ye shall know the truth, and then the truth is what makes you free. So that tells me that I can know, and also that I can know something that has a liberating quality to it. Now, the world will say, well, there is no truth, and they'll disagree on what you and I think to be true or what the four or five of us think, but it doesn't matter if you disagree if the fact is still true. You and I can argue all day long on how long an inch is, but then we take it to a ruler and we see, well, I was right and Titus was wrong because, you know, he's over there with the metric system and I'm over here, you know, on the <laughs> imperial system. But if I take it to the standard, the ruler, the ruler doesn't change. I may agree with it or I may not, but the ruler still tells me what an inch is. The same way with God's word. God tells us what is true and we can know it. And to me, that's a glorious thought. Excellent. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about about the uh, the sun. You can not believe the sun's there, but you still feel the warmth of the sun, and it still mm -hmm. is here on this earth. It's still making the plants grow. So uh, whether you deny or accept something that is there, that's that doesn't mean it's true or not true. Just because I say it is, right? Like you said, you have to have a standard. You hold up to that standard. What's the standard for the Christians, Ben Grady? What's the standard for uh, people who follow Jesus? The Bible. Bible. Uh, it's God's word, and we have to look to our Creator for the answers. What What can we know as as a person? We can't look to ourselves and go, "Oh, well, I have all the answers. I, I know everything about life." Uh, the answers of life, rather, are going to come from the Creator. When When you look at a computer, you know, and its purpose, it's designed for a certain purpose. And we have to go back to the Creator and say, "Hey, what was this thing's purpose? What's the What's the What, what does it do for us?" Right. Uh, same way with life, we have to go back to our Creator and go, God, what what would you have of us, your creation? Well, and our objective truth then is the Bible, isn't it? Absolutely. And okay, real quick, if I were to counter the robot or someone who believes in something, you might say, well, what? Where do you get your objective truth from? What book do you go to? <laughs> what do you think, Ben Schaefer? What are your thoughts on it? Well, I I, I agree. I mean, you got to go to the you got to go to the Bible, but, you know, the question itself, it, it's got a lot of nuance to it, you know. Uh, and when I was thinking about it, I was reading up, you know, I just I just was researching some some things that other people have said. And there's just a lot of debate about what the word meaning means. And uh, <laughs> before you even start asking the question, what's the meaning of life? You got to you got to get on the same page of. Well, what are we talking about meaning and the way that this this robot is talking about it is like he's talking about this universal standard of meaning but when most people ask the question they're not looking for what is the meaning for all life or 
what is the meaning for mankind's existence. They're trying to find what is the meaning of my personal life or what, what sort of purpose do I have or what's going to make my life the most fulfilled. And it, it's just, there's just a lot to, to consider. And there's a lot of meaning that people can find in a number of things, you know, that, that aren't the Bible. And they're legitimate things that bring meaning to life. Um, like, like, for instance, for instance, in, in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, and verse number 15, God creates man, and then he builds the garden, and he puts man inside the garden to work. Well, we're going to find some sort of meaning in work. There's going to be some sort of satisfaction to that. In Genesis chapter 2, uh, in, in verse number 18, I think it is, God looks at man and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. And so we're going to find some sort of purpose and fulfillment in relationships and companionship. Uh, we're going to find uh, fulfillment when, when God tells Adam to name the animals. We're going to find some sort of fulfillment and, and having some sort of responsibility. And those are all true. And, and the problem with the world is, and the robot's kind of right, is when you just focus on one of those things that provides, provides you with some sort of meaning, there is some positive thing that's attached to it, but it's, it's all fleeting. Like God, God gave us a number of things to have a happy and meaningful life beyond just scripture and and you could you could look at a number of things in your life that that don't really have to do with the bible that were meaningful like if you have a if you have a kid you know the the moment that child is being held in your arms and you're looking at it that is a meaningful moment that mm -hmm. that has a lot of fulfillment but if you're just seeking that as your only source of or your ultimate i should say your ultimate source of meaning that's where you fall flat and that's why people are so disgusted with it. You know, they've been searching for all these different things that are truly subjective to the things that you're going through. Instead of, instead of asking the, the question that we're actually answering, what is the ultimate standard of fulfillment and meaning? Well, and like if fulfillment means how full do you stay filled? <laughs> like how full, how long? Uh, the things you mentioned are filling, filling for a temporary time. Like they're a fulfilling for a moment or a, a year or years, but it is not ultimately fulfilling, eternally fulfilling. What, and I think and along those same lines, you know, that's exactly what, what Solomon addresses in the book of Ecclesiastes. He goes through every single one of these things. And the reason that he talks about the things that he does is because you do find some sort of happiness and meaning in those things. Mm -hmm. He just had the ability to go down the, the end path of each one of those. And we know his conclusion. The perfect conclusion and really our conclusion is the same. Well, and, and what messes up all the, this, this great fulfilling happiness is sin, is separating ourselves from God, is making a choice separate from what God wants. You know, that, that's one thing the robot did not uh, factor in. It didn't factor in uh, uh, forces that are outside of the observable and, and those things that are spiritual, the spiritual forces. Uh, if you factor those into this, then those impact your life in ways that uh, can be negative. You know, the spiritual can affect us negatively. What do you think, Justin? What are your thoughts uh, more about the, what the robot said and what you think Jesus said in, in the Bible? Well, first, and I meant to say this a minute ago and I forgot, so forgive me because uh, I'm human and I make mistakes. You did a <laughs> wonderful robot impression. I just wanted to throw that yeah. out there. So, <laughs> Thanks, man. The robot is just narrow. You know, they just have a, a focus. You type in an equation and they solve that equation. 
but there are multi facets in our life. Uh, I have hobbies. I, I have a lovely wife and I have a yard to take care of and a house to take. And I find fulfillment and all that. But at the end of the day, am I being faithful to the Lord? It's what I'm doing and the things I'm finding fulfillment in. Is it bringing me closer or further away? And so in order to help try to answer the question, well, where's the meaning in life? I need to do something today, as I often say in my prayers, especially when I go speak in front of a lot of young kids at, at Christian schools and whatnot, is hopefully we can be better servants tomorrow than we were today. Because the robot is in, in you know, in its mind, if I can use that term, the robot is perfect. And so it has everything figured out. But I'm a work in progress. I'm a mess. I was going to tell you now, I, I make mistakes and, and we all do. But I'm working on it every day to because uh, I know what the Bible says. I'm working on it to try to be just a little more faithful to get just a step or two closer. And to me, I find more meaning in that uh, of reading God's word and applying it and saying, OK, well, I need to work more on, on this today and may, maybe change it up from something else. But the robot, see, the robot doesn't have that because the robot is just you just got it. A plus B equals C. There's your answer. Yeah, it's funny. The robot's basing itself on ob ob objective truth, mm -hmm. the programming language, a, a very, a very intelligent, structured, non-chaotic non uh, way. It actually has its own objective truth, which is how it arrives at no objective truth. It's yeah. using its own objective truth. <laughs> but, you know, it can do that, I guess. It's a robot and it won't get, you know, too much flack for it's it. It's not getting in trouble. Yeah, but you know what I thought? This, this is funny, guys. You got to check this out. What if the robot actually listened to what it said? And then you told a robot, hey, I want you to go and do these things, cure cancer, help us explore the universe. And the robot says, why? Mm -hmm. I just told you, life has no meaning. There's no reason to do this. Like, what if we make a smart, uh, intelligent robot one day? It arrives at this and goes, forget it. I'm shutting off. It does, it's, it's just a waste of time and energy. <laughs> that would be the thing. How about you, Ben Grady? Ben Grady, what do you got, man? Well, maybe that's why the Terminators decided to terminate people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> There's no meaning in life. Might as well destroy it, right? Get rid of it. <laughs> That's you know, it. Um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of things, right? I agree with Ben. It's, uh, you know, love, wealth, happiness, self-development, you know, wisdom, influence, service. You know, there's so many things within this life that we can get distracted by and let us, you know, like they're important and they're vital to life while we're here on this earth. But then we obviously have to look to the eternal and look to God who has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us all we need to live and thrive here. He's given us all we need to be able to live and thrive eternally with him. You know, he sent his son. And I think that's something we always have to look back to is go, yeah, we need to look back to Jesus, look back to the focus and, and have that directive in life. You think about the old Testament, they're looking forward to Jesus. We're looking back. <laughs> we're looking to the cross and we're going, Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you've done for us. And, you know, we, we try to remember that every first day of the week. And, uh, you know, look, look to him and, and think about everything he's done for us. He's given us everything we need. They, they, he gave us all we need to sustain life here, all the focus, the purpose, the family, the air we breathe, all these things that, that are important to us on this in this life. He's given to us. And we have to think about that. We have to go, yeah, this is the creator of the universe. He's he's made us all. He's made everything we have. All we have is from him. So when it comes to the purpose of life, we do we, we you know, we have to take into account the things we we interact with every day but we have to look obviously to the, the bigger picture and go yeah god is the standard god is given us the standard he's given us his word god is our director and if we go off course and, and follow ourselves you know that's not going to work out very well for us in eternity
Um, whereas if we follow him and we submit to him, then we're going to have eternal life and, and be uh, in a wonderful place for eternity. <laughs> so well, and we well, can bless others with that, right? Right. And, ben, and Patrick, you can go next. Uh, I want to read a verse real quick. Uh, did it sound like the, dark, the, the robot, if you said the robot was somewhere, wouldn't it sound like it was in darkness? If you have no hope and there's no meaning and no purpose, there's darkness there's, there, and there's no light, there's no bright, there's no hope, there's no joy uh, because meaningless means there's no meaning, there's nothing. Well, in John chapter 8, verse 12 in the Bible, and John was someone who hung out with Jesus. He actually knew him. He saw him in person. He lived with him and he saw him rise to, to heaven. So this is an eyewitness account. And John said, um, by the way, I encourage you to read John. It's an awesome book. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, so this is Jesus speaking to the people. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, the one thing the robot needs is that light. It has no absolute. It knows no way. It is lost in the darkness. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the light. So what do you think, uh, uh, Patrick, what are your thoughts on the, ro the robot said and, and maybe what Jesus says in the Bible? Um. It's kind of bounce all it's been said so far. Um, I actually think uh, that um, the robot has um, has done something pretty valuable in terms of the way of thinking out the problem, and that is the attempt to the attempt to separate, as Ben was talking about, uh, from those moments of fulfillment and happiness, and uh, trying to to get the the bigger picture. Uh, but the problem, obviously, is as you were saying, Titus, that the um, the coding's not there for for light. Um, you know, we we come to we come to you know has, has the has the AI been programmed to reflect upon creation? Uh, because if you create if you reflect upon creation, then uh, in reflecting upon creation, you discover that you know there is a God. You don't know who He is or what He has for your you know what He has to say to you, but you know that He exists, and um, you know, and then that that second tier of programming that's needed is actually um, to, to begin to plug the Bible into the answer. And so you're looking at Ecclesiastes and, and looking at an attempt to divorce God from the situation. That is the end. I mean, like that, that's the, that's the conclusion you come to that life is meaningless and purposeless and, and it's full of darkness. And, um, you know, I, I have thought about this before. I really don't understand how the non-Christian you know, like, how do you get up in the morning? You know, what, what are you getting up for? And, and, and I understand moments of fulfillment and there's, you know, that, that, um, that instinct to survive in all of us, uh, the, um, the desire to, you know, keep going a lot of us. Um, but, um, you know, knowing what I know and, you know, trying to separate God from the equation, um, I would be just as depressed <laughs> as that robot is. I'd be, a, you know, a pretty miserable person, as Paul said. Of all, of all people, I'd be most miserable, you know. So it's kind of, it's kind of like taking the sun away. Yeah. Uh, how would the earth, how would the earth be without the sun? Like, you, you know, you have no night and day, you've got no plants growing, no joy, no warmth, all cold, uh, no, nothing to see. You can't even see, but the li dim light of the stars. So if that's the same thing, if you take God out, out of your life, even he, he's here, folks, if you're listening and watching, God is in your life right now, whether you believe in him or not, whether you mm -hmm. believe in the sun, doesn't take the sun away, doesn't make the sun go away and all the benefits of the sun. So whether you believe in God or not doesn't doesn't mean that he does or does not exist. Like Patrick's saying, there are observable things in this universe that you can just take a look and you can say, wow, the heavens declare God. Look at the things that have been made both on this earth and every creation needs a creator. Things like that that you might be thinking. And then you're pursuing a happiness and you think I never can be fully filled 
I always try and be fulfilled, but I can never be fully filled. And when you guys were talking about that, I thought the, there's a think about a boat. I think uh, uh, Ben Schaefer was saying, you know, we do things that are fulfilling. Well, we're on a boat. When you're on a boat, you can do all kinds of fun things on the boat. You know, you might enjoy scrubbing the decks or looking off the sails or whatever you got to do. But that boat is still heading in a direction. Like Patrick said, if you step off the boat and you look at that boat, no matter what's going on in your life, that boat is still going in a direction. And that direction as a Christian is, are you heading towards God in the light? Are you heading towards darkness? So that's what you got to think about when you're listening is everybody has a direction, whether you think it or not. If you don't have a direction, that's your direction. It's completely random, chaotic, you know, your ups and downs. If you have a, a pure light, like one light that you see and you focus on that light, you have a clear focus and you have a straight direction. So what do you guys got? Any more thoughts on, uh, on the robot and uh, also about what the meaning of life might be? You know, where, there, where, there, where there's a design, there's a designer, like Patrick was kind of uh, hinting it towards, you know, where there's AI robot, there's a creator of that yeah. robot that's given it a limited you know, pool of information that it can pull from to say this or that. And whatever they've developed in there is what's going to be, you know, read and understood. Um, same thing with us as humans, you know, we have a limited pool of information. Like you were talking about, we have it, we can look up to creation and we can go, you know, if you're just creating, God didn't tell you nothing about it. You know, you're looking out and going, man, all this amazing stuff and look how intricate our body is. And, you know, we look under a microscope and see all the cells and how much information is there and the data, the DNA and, and all those kinds of things. And when you, when you understand all that, it's, it's amazing, but we still only have such a limited pool of information to pull from. But then we look and go, our God has given us the information we need, right? He hasn't given us all. We don't know everything by any means. Um, but we're always studying and trying to learn even from his word to know what he's told us and make sure that we're living in accordance with that. But we only have a limited pool of information to pull from. It's all we've got. It's all we can know in, in an absolute sense is what the creators told us. So, and, and Ben, you, you hit it right. I wrote this down, man. You know that this AI had to train on a corpus of many, many, many articles, many, many, many content, right? It had to read all. It didn't arrive at this out of nowhere. It actually right. read all kinds of articles, all kinds of things. And then it arrived at this conclusion by doing neural network and all this stuff. The thing is, I would like to ask the robot why it was created because I did ask it and it said it didn't know. It didn't know. It didn't have a specific <laughs> purpose. But guess what? When you are given a purpose, doesn't that give clarity and direction? If I would have told that robot, your reason here is to answer this particular question and answer it well, it would know exactly what it was supposed to do and it would do it well. And it could always hone itself to say, hey, am I answering this question properly? Is it off a little bit? Because they're going to have that North Star. They're going to have that one direction. So if you give this robot didn't know because the robot has no direction. As soon as I give it direction and I say, robot, here's what you're supposed to do. When it's asked that question again, it'll say, I am supposed to provide you with the most accurate question about this. It will know. So those of you listening and watching, if you feel purposeless, you feel depressed, you feel hopeless. That's because the world that you believe in, the world that's been teaching you is teaching you a lie. You have a hope. You are an eternal being. God created you for eternity. Whether that's with him or away from him, that's up to you. So that's why we're doing this show, right, guys, is to make sure we yeah. introduce you guys. So let's talk about, uh, we talked about the robot. The robot is hopeless, um, and we'll have to have a Bible study with the robot. But uh, anyways, <laughs> for you guys, uh, what are some things that you found to give you hope? Why are you a Christian? Why do you follow Jesus? So each of you can answer this question. We'll start with, uh, let's start with Ben Schaefer first. I think that we can all see the irony in, in just stating the, as fact that there is no objective truth. I mean, that, that, is, uh, that is funny, <laughs> and it's ridiculous that just in the very statement, 
Um, one of the things that is so wonderful is that it isn't subjective and that it is a universal message. You know, in Acts chapter 10 and, and verse number 34, uh, Peter says, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. In Jude 1, 3, it says the faith was once and for all delivered. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10 that he was the gate and he is the way to have life and have an abundant life. And, and right there, we have, we have a promise, like absolute promise that no one else on the earth is going to have the courage to make. No one will say, absolutely, I promise you that if you follow after me, you will die feeling fulfilled. And, and, that, and, and I've never heard of a single Christian in my entire life who on their deathbed lamented the fact that they were a servant of Christ. But on the other side, man, all you hear is regrets. Yeah. That's awesome. That's powerful. We have a promise of eternal fulfillment, right? That's good, Ben. How about, uh, you, thanks, Ben. Patrick, how about you? If you answered, what is the meaning of life? Uh, what would you do? And uh, how would you answer that question? Well, um, you know, even though I've kind of argued that um, the way the robot is approaching the situation is, is good, I know that most people, including myself, um, you know, we're, we're looking for fulfillment in those moments in our lives. And um, when I when I try to think of the strongest apologetic for the Christian faith, I think it is the the practical nature of the faith. I think the other men brought up, uh, you know, Second Peter one three and uh, the uh, the fact that God has given us what we need for for living, you know, for life and godliness, and and not just godliness. Sometimes people think the Bible is just a conveyance of of what it takes to be godly, but it's actually a conveyance of what it takes to be. Uh, a phil person and um what, what i what i challenge people to do sometimes and uh, what i've discovered in myself is that um every regret that i have um at its core has uh, something to do with where i have either ignored god's wisdom or i have um you know um gone against god's wisdom uh, deliberately and um i i sometimes um you know even as a as a as a minister i sometimes tell this story um you know, a minister, I'm supposed to be in very in tune with the word and supposed to know the word very well. Uh, but sometimes a lack of fulfillment comes when you are not looking for very nuanced answers from the from the word, you know, for specific situations. Um, I had this opportunity, um, you know, early on in my ministry uh, to uh, to um, actually uh, with my wife uh, obtain a business and we were trying to find a way to remain on the mission field money was very tight and so we thought well we'll get a business we tried to get all the um you know all the banks got all the get loans and we couldn't do it and um talked to one of the members um about uh, about this at the congregation there and they were a pretty wealthy and successful family and that's why we were talking to them they had their own business and uh they said well, we'll tell you what here's what we'll do with you um we will we will go in as your co-signer now if it, you know, all the ministers, the flag should have gone up for all of us, you know, because of Proverbs, right? You know, it talks about how dangerous co-signing is. Uh, but it didn't go off for me because I was fairly young in my ministry and um, I didn't, uh, I wasn't a student of the book of Proverbs like I should have been. And so I was trying to find a very, you know, practical solution to a worldly problem. I need money. Uh, I need, you know, to security for my family. I wasn't trying to be rich, but I was just trying to, you know, you know, make a living. And, and so we, we move forward with that and uh, make a long story short. Um, you know, it, it just, the, 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 we, we um, ended up pulling out of the business. It destroyed a relationship 
with that that family uh, because we had to pull out of the of the business and the business. I mean, if we had gone into it, uh, it was it was telling like a couple of months after the business folded. So like we were going to buy, the, we were going to take over this business. The business folded actually, and so like it was a good thing that we weren't involved in it. We never would have even had the conversation if I had if I had observed the proverbs that guided me away from co-signing and away from that kind of thing. And so, so that, and that's a that's a regret I have to this day because even to this day I've never been able to restore that relationship with that family like it was before then. And um, and you know it'll always be a, a what if, but. Again, every regret that I have personally uh, is where I've set aside the word of God and uh, and where I find the greatest fulfillment in my life is where I fully embraced God's God's path for me. Uh, And, you know, in my marriage relationship and as a father, I find the greatest fulfillment when I'm trying to do things God's way. Well, and that validates that his way is the right way. Uh, Anytime we do our way seems to mess it up because we're not perfect. We can't tell the future. But God knows the future. He knows exactly what we should do. He is that that perfect way. So that that is cool, man. Yeah, that's good. How about you? Uh, thanks for sharing that. Justin, how about you, Justin? Well, but first, I feel like the Steelers' wheel song stuck in the middle with you. Okay. Sorry, I work in radio. I'm used to coming back and you got to just go with something on top of your head. That's right. That's right. He's right in the middle of all the videos. I am. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Something that I have noticed because I've since the uh, pandemic quarantine, I just a little bit. I, so I work in radio. I do the afternoon shift. In fact, uh, I was technically on air when this video started, uh, but I was filling in. We have four stations and I was filling in on another one, a local community call in show. Love it. It's it's wholesome, pure radio at its finest. And that made me change my routine, get up earlier and then. I'm no longer filling in because the person was able to come back, which is good for them. But I've kept that routine because I've afforded myself now more time in the morning. I'm a morning person, uh, more time in the morning to get in the word, start my day that way. And it doesn't matter if I'm working on a lesson, a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I also speak at a local Christian school on Thursdays. If it's that, if it's just personal study, maybe somebody's asked me a question For me, I find meaning in life that the more I study his word, of course, I know we're bound to the New Testament, uh, but I love the Old Testament because I'm a history guy. The more I read it, the more I want to do things that please him because I see things that he's done for me. I like to get up about when the sun's coming up. And, and I love that passage in Lamentation. His His mercies are new every morning. And I think about that as the sun is is waking up and, and the birds are waking up and the dogs and a neighbor behind me has a rooster and a chicken that like to tell me it's morning time. But I see these simple things and I'm reminded it's a new day. His mercies are new. Thankfully, that forgiveness of sins, because uh, there are times like uh, Brother Patrick was saying, where I was not going the way that the Lord probably would have wanted. And I still have regrets from that. But by the grace of God, I've been forgiven of those sins. But I think about it, that forgiveness is new today. And if the Lord permits us now, Titus, you don't count because it's tomorrow where you're at. Uh, but for <laughs> me here, If the Lord permits another day, then his mercies are new another day. And then that means that his promises are new another day and that the forgiveness and the blood continues to flow. So me, I find meaning in life because my goal is to live to 100 or die trying. And so I'm going to do that. And every day I live, I find more fulfillment. And OK, if I do this today and I now I know the Bible says at best we're what unprofitable servants. I get that. Because I look back at the end of the day and say, well, I could have done this. I should have done that. But I find fulfillment. I find the meaning of life doing my best to be faithful and to the very end. Because I want that crown of life. I'm not going to lie. 
I want that crown of life, but it's not installments. It's not getting paid every week or bi-weekly or monthly. It's one lump sum at the end, Revelation 2.10, when you're faithful unto death. So me, the meaning of life is doing what God has said because I see benefits here. Now, there are far more better benefits eternally speaking, and I haven't made it to that realm yet, but I can find enough benefits here that motivate me. Some, some weeks, it's just day by day. You know how life is, but that motivates just a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, and you know, when you said 100, you made 100,000 seeds planted, right? That's what you're living for. Whatever, you know. Uh, I'm going to live so far, so good. So, you know. so far. You're halfway there, a third of the way. Whatever. That's it. Yeah, I'm not good at math. That's why I'm in radio. Anyways. <laughs> ben, uh, thanks, thanks so much. Uh, ben, how about you? Ben Grady. Well, we, we live for a God that's created us and loves us. He's given his all for us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us because he wants us to be saved. He wants us to be in heaven with him for eternity. He wants all men to be saved to come to knowledge of the truth. So we live for that kind of God, and we, we live for that kind of purpose to save souls. Jesus says, go ye. Looking inward, we might say, who am I? You know, who am I? I'm nothing, right? Uh, just such a lowly uh, being, you know, in, in reality. But we have to remember we are God's creation, and um, that's who we are, right? Genesis 2-7, God created us. And you can know that we're one of God's greatest creations. You know, he He says, you know, how wonderful we are. We, we're made in his image. Um, so it's such a beautiful thing to think about. So when we're looking at self-worth and going, yeah, God created us. We're, we're creating God's image. We're created with a purpose to go out and seek and save the lost and, and love people, love others enough to tell them the truth, love others enough to try to reach them by whatever means possible. We might ask um you know, in that, in that, in that regards, we're somebody to God. Right. Um, so we always can look in and go, yeah, we, we know that we have worth. Um, we might also ask, why are we here? Why am I here? You know, and, and, you know, we are to be delighted that we, um, uh, you know, that God delights in our existence. He, he, he knows what's right. He didn't create man for nothing. He, he created us for a purpose. Um, our Heavenly Father is is loving. He's wonderful. He wants the best for us. He, he created us and he wants the best for us. And that's just the, the, the bottom line, right? He wants us to have a joyful existence. Does that mean that everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows on this earth, you know, and, and, and everything's always going to go our way? And, and no, but we're going to diligently go through whatever we face on this earth, knowing that the God is with us and the creator of the universe is with us. And he's going to see us through this short vapor of life, right? And then we're going to be living eternally with him. Now, we might also look at some Bible uh, examples. Yeah, What's like ben, ben, you're talking about we can we as mortals can grasp eternity and mm -hmm. hold to it. That that eternity is Jesus Christ, uh, the example that he, God sent his son. If you listen, if you're watching this or or, uh, or listening, if you are the only person on this planet, God would still send his son to die and make you right with him. Just you. See, we, mm -hmm. this is the reason I'm a, uh, sorry, Ben, I'm, I'm going to say this. This is the reason I'm a Christian or a Jesus follower is because of Jesus. Jesus showed me how much God loves me and he showed me mm -hmm. how to love people. You know, the one thing that I think Jesus brings to most of us as, as Christians is to show us how to love God and people because the most powerful light in darkness, the darkness that you're, you're experiencing in life and I do too, is the darkness of isolation the darkness of people being mean to you and, and evil in your life and all this bad things. And the one thing that breaks all that is God's love. 
that's the one thing that overcomes all things. It says, perfect love casts out fear. Like you will have no fear when you know God and when you love him. Hmm. And I'm going to read it. Oh, and by the way, uh, when we talked about uh, gospel, the gospel is not, is not subjective. It's universal. The subject of the gospel is God. You see, he's unchanging, always there, always mm -hmm. loving, all knowing, everything. So we have a subjective understanding, and that subject is God himself, and he sent his son. So I'm going to read a verse for you right now. This is an awesome verse. Uh, those of you who aren't Christians, uh, I would recommend you ponder and think about this. This is why if you know a Christian in your life, and, and people say they're Christians, doesn't mean they are a Christian, by the way. The Bible says it's how they love one another that you'll know that you're Jesus' disciples. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. And again, Peter is another person who was with Jesus. He actually betrayed Jesus and Jesus forgave him. Uh, he betrayed Jesus three times and Jesus still forgave him. Uh, and that's amazing. Uh, he said, it says uh, in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, but you, and that these are Christians, these are people who follow Jesus, those who, are, who become disciples and are baptized and learn what he taught and do what he did. Uh, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, see, once you were in darkness, once you didn't belong to anybody, you felt like you were an outcast, even if you had friends. But here it says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is why I'm a Jesus follower. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And yet I can also live here and spread that love that Jesus did. That some, How many of you guys uh, have seen someone who's not a Christian be able to take a hit and forgive, be able to take someone murdering their family or in them, even murdering themselves? They were murdered themselves and still be able to forgive in that last moment. And that's what we see. That That's powerful. If you're listening, that's why we follow Jesus. Because of love because of God's love for us. So who else wants to speak? Anything else? Yeah. And then we'll go into the challenge for the week. Well, I, I want to, I would like to say what I think the purpose of life is. And it comes because uh, we had a funeral on Friday of a, of a godly lady, faithful lady, a 92 year old, I believe woman. Um, and you know, that kind of puts everything into perspective. And Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 2 says that it's better to go to the house of mourning uh, than to the house of song. And there's, there's a lot of truth to that because I believe the purpose, well, there's a lot of truth to it because it's the word of God, but there's a lot of truth to what we're talking about too because I think the purpose of life is simply, uh, as Amos said, prepare to meet your God. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're here to do. The only thing... That besides just life itself that we all have in common is the fact that we're going to die. And no matter what, if, if you're sitting there in your coffin and you did every single thing that you possibly could have done to fulfill your life and find meaning, you didn't prepare for the greatest day of your life. And that is the day to meet your God. That's the purpose. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you. That's right. And that that's because people were seeking worldly things. They were seeking all the fulfillment from the world and the world will not fulfill. We have a good question. Someone asked, uh, what do you mean by meaning? Like those are, those are words. What do you mean by life 
And what do you mean by meaning? You guys have any comments on that? When we say those terms, what do we mean? I guess we're all probably answering the question um, in terms of life, uh, you know, existence and, um, you know, what we're doing. Um, I think that's, I, I don't think we're, we're asking, at least answering the question, um, you know, the, as, as relates to the origin of life, why, why God might have created us. But, you know, that, that could yeah. be, that could be a reflection as well. And I was thinking before that question came on, you know, about, about really making sure that, um, you know, for those who are watching who aren't in Christ, um, you know, um, we, we're all approaching this. I think uh, all five of us are approaching this as though, you know, we, we understand the Bible's objective truth. You don't understand that. Maybe you don't even care about the idea of objective truth. And so the, the maybe the first challenge is the challenge that I've offered of um, plugging the Bible into points of your life and finding and discovering how practical it is. And so uh, that that's that's one side of it. But then um, maybe a, a, a second, um, maybe, uh, you know, less challenging tier, because sometimes even adopting a portion of the Bible can at times mean big change uh, for for your life. Um, uh, reflecting on what you said, Titus, you know, that the um, uh, going through the Bible and seeing a story of love being woven. And if you were to ask the question, why did God create us? The best answer, even though the Bible never, you know, the Bible never says in black and white, you know, there, there's a statement about why Israel was created, uh, but not about why we as you know, individuals were created. And so, um, you know, but, but, it, but the answer is kind of woven throughout the Bible. God created us uh, as objects of love. You know, there's a reason why he's called the the father so often in scripture. He 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 wanted a family. He wanted he wanted a family where you know he could bring us to maturity, and you know we could make these decisions. And and if we made those decisions that you know he guided us in, we would have fulfillment, and then we would give our love back to him. It's just that that journey that you experience in parenting. And so, um, even just reflecting upon the the story of love that is the Bible, you know, is uh, is another is another path to uh, being convinced of its purpose for you. Right. Yeah. And, and in regards to this, what is what do you mean by life? What do you mean by meaning? Obviously, everything uh, has a has a has a, a it has to survive. You know, it has to have food, has to have air. So our, our ultimate meaning as, as an as a organic being is to consume food, have oxygen, things like that to maintain our system and body from for functioning. But you mm -hmm. see, that's why all the animals the same. I would have thought to myself today, if you were to take a scale between the, the most intelligent creature on this planet and us, what is that gap? Because that gap is much bigger than any other gap between any other animal that exists on this planet. We are so huge and so high above any other animal and how we reason and think and create and, and dream and love. We are so high that it's not, a, it's not an incremental step in some sort of evolution. It's a dramatic, huge step. So it just doesn't make any sense how we could be where we are. And yet we're not just this next level unless some huge die out of thousands of other creatures who are almost as smart as us just died out, right? So mm -hmm. our meaning in life is you, you have to ask this question. People who ask, this was a guy from Jordan Peterson, you know, which I've heard of him before. What do you mean by meaning? He has meaning in his life. He arrives, there's a reason he gets up and there's a reason he lives and there's a reason he writes things and asks questions because he has a direction that he's going in. He has some meaning that he's derived from his own life, some purpose. So in, in answer to this question, the meaning for all of us is why do we get up every day and why do we continue to live instead of just die? Like, why do we continue to live? There, one of the meanings is the fear of death for most people, but there's also something else why people get up every day and they find that reason. So if you're listening, ask yourself, why do I get up every day? Why do I put one foot in front of the other? Why do I go to work? Let's say you get past the food and get past all those, minor, those, those basic needs. Why are you still functioning? Why are you still walking? 
That's a good question. Ask yourself that one. Anybody else have any other ones? Any other comments? I would just, uh, you know, condense it, the thought into a purpose of existence, right? Into that phrase, we have a purpose of our existence here and eternally. And what's that going to be, you know, outside of this short life here? And we have to think about those things. I think everybody does. Is what are we going to be after this life? And and how many people are, want to be hopeless, right? So <laughs> we all have hope, I think. And we, we you know, for the most part, we, we want to make sure that we are doing the right things here to be, we want to be there and where the Lord wants us to be there. You know, in the, in the Bible, he's given us the meaning of life time and time again. If we look to it in, in its um, knowledge, you know, and what the Lord's given us, you know, King Solomon says, fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man, right? Um, Job says, trust God, no matter what, no matter if you lose all your children, no matter if you're going through all these hardships in life, no matter if your wife turns her back on you, whatever, if your friends, you know, turn turn their back on you or give you bad advice, right? Trust the Lord. You know, Jesus says, seek and save the lost, right? And, and he comes with a purpose. He gives himself for us so we can have eternal life. And then Paul comes after Jesus. He says, know Jesus Christ. Remember him. Do, you know, do what he said to do. Um, Jesus says, go ye. You know, what are we supposed to do as Christians? We have a purpose. We have a purpose to seek and save the lost and love others. And that's that's our goal. We want to love others. We want you to come to be in heaven. We want you to know what God's given us, right? Not the traditions and thoughts of men, not the ideas of men, these theologies and things that have been, you know, uh, come up with and deviated from God's word. We want you to know what God's word says about being saved and how to do that and go to heaven with us. Imagine if you're in a cave, right? You're in a cave deep in the earth. Imagine yourself now and you have no way out. And then you see a guy or a gal with a little lamp as they come down, rappel down on a rope, you can make two decisions. You can say, I'm gonna stay in this darkness, please leave. Or you can say, where did you come from? Where can you take me? Can you take me out of this darkness? Cause I see you found a way here and you can find a way back because you have the light. So, I mean, we are all in a cave. Uh, before I was a, a Jesus follower and a Christian, I was in the cave of darkness called materialism and focusing on the earth and my own selfish desires. And then this light came from heaven and said, I'm gonna lift you out of this darkness into eternal light. And that, that's the hope, right, Ben? That's what you're talking about. It's being that's lifted right. out. And, and when you walk in the footsteps of Jesus, when you follow Jesus, you walk in the light and you head out. That's what you're talking about, right? You're talking about walking mm -hmm. like Jesus, living every day like Jesus, doing what Jesus said. What else you guys got? This is good. Last, last comments and then we'll do the, pro the, the challenge. I may add something. What I have noticed is you ask basically anybody that still has a, an ability to function and an ability to reason. And they may eventually, now they, they won't tell you from the outset, but if you meet somebody who's lost in sin and maybe they grew up in the church or maybe they've never been to church, but you know, they're just, they go down one way and they just bump their head into the wall and they turn the other way. They come to a point where they say, I'm doing something that's not right. Or I know people who are Christians who grew up in the church, put on Christ in baptism, and then they leave the church. I was talking to a gentleman today who's, who's a gospel preacher, but he, he said he spent 20-something years of his life as an alcoholic, but he knew every day he was doing something that was, that was not right because other things in his life weren't going that way. Uh, here in Warren County, Tennessee, where I'm at, uh, part of the fair is going to start tomorrow. Even though the crazy COVID world, the uh, Midway area is going. I say if, if the five of us went out there and we asked people, are you doing things that are right deep down that bother you? Yes or no. 
Well, some would just scoff it off and say no because they, you know, they want to go ride the Ferris or whatever. But when they start thinking about it, they'll say, well, you know, I keep doing these certain things and, and these maybe these bad things keep happening. Or I've talked to people who have not been in, in biblical marriages and they know it. And so things just kind of start going along. There's somewhat of an area, I believe, where we can all know simply what is right from wrong. Now, we need to go to the Bible, as the five of us have discussed, to, to better understand that with God. But we have the ability to know, hey, if, if I keep doing these things and it keeps turning out bad, I should probably quit doing it. You know, don't keep your hand on the stove, even though your skin's on fire. You should probably move it. So I've noticed that with people that deep down and I know we can't really pry at this AI because bless is hard or it's hard. It was doing the best. <laughs> it could. But it, it to me, I almost got the idea of it wanted to give more of an answer. It's, it's like it, it ran out of memory and it, it can only give you so many characters. But it seemed like maybe the more it contemplated and con maybe if you kept asking it, I, I don't know if that thing will generate different questions. But to me, it seemed like, well, maybe maybe there's more to its answer, but it doesn't want to give that when you start talking to it. Does that make sense? It does. In fact, it said that. It said, uh, unfortunately, I have it's what I was thinking, but I don't have it in front yeah. of me. You do. It said, my findings are rather depressing. So it associated depression with those findings. Yeah, you're right. Good, man. Anything else, guys? Yeah, I, just um, just hearing uh, uh, what Justin said there, um, you know, the, the reality of any wrong argues for the existence of a standard of right and wrong. Yes. So, so if you, if, if, you know, and part of that challenge that uh, you have to ask yourself if you haven't asked, you know, I haven't responded to God's purpose for you. You know, do you believe that there is such a thing as right and wrong? And, um, you know, it has to be if if there is such a thing and there has to be an objective standard out there, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's I don't I don't know anybody who's going to argue that that is entirely within themselves. You know, they, they will acknowledge I've done something wrong at some point. So you have to look outside of yourself. And, um, you know, and that's where the, the, the search for God and, and his word begins. Well, if there's no meaning to life, there's no happiness. You can't have happiness. It's impossible. Mm. You can have a temporary short burst of happiness, but you cannot have a lasting happiness or what we call joy. Joy is something deeper than the, the external things that cause happiness in us. So you can't have, if your life is meaningless, there is no happiness. And, you know, and why even live? That's the question. And I think you'll, that's why most philosophers kill themselves. Because they were smart enough to, if they arrived at the logical conclusion, they said, why should I continue living? And they just missed the one thing. They stayed in the cave. They didn't, they didn't grasp Jesus Christ and take the light to get out of that cave. And you have the opportunity right now, folks, if you're listening. Uh, we want to give you a challenge now. Uh, thanks, Patrick, wait, wait, for that comment. I have yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And then yeah. quit. Sorry, I can't help it. You mentioned joy. You know how you spell joy? How do you spell joy? J-O-Y, right? J-O-Y. Jesus first yourself last and others in between. If you want true joy in your life, if you structure that Matthew 6, 33, you put Jesus first and what can I do to serve others? And then you put yourself down. Humans don't like to be third, but I strive to be third place. J O Y Jesus first, yourself last others in between. And now the challenge. Yeah. And then the explanation point at the end, which is like, yes. yeah, do you yes. have that? Yeah. Uh, so the challenge this week, uh, we always like to challenge every week. Uh, if you are a Christian, uh, Jesus follower, it means you have believed he is the son of God and all, and you repented of the ways that you live against, you know, that you, you want to turn away from that darkness and turn to the light. And you confess and say, hey, he is the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. 
and then you 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 you're baptized, which means you kind of like you die and rise again, a new, brand new creature, and you got your sins forgiven, and your the Holy Spirit comes on you, like like Peter said in Acts two thirty eight, and then you go and you walk in newness of life. If you are that person, this week ask God to send you someone you can tell about Jesus. You know, everybody's in darkness, folks. When you see people walking around, this just breaks my heart. I see so many people. I say, Lord, help me. What can I tell? What can I be? What can I say to these people? Tell someone about Jesus, how he has brought you from the darkness to light. I was talking to a, a Christian brother the other day, and he was like, how do I evangelize? And I said, tell him about why you're a Christian. Hmm. If that's not, if that, if, if you don't know that, you need to ask yourself that question. But if you can answer that question, why you're a Christian, you are ready to tell somebody else because that is what brought you out of the pits of darkness. That reason brought you out. So that, that's what you can tell people. And I love that. Uh, yeah, someone else commented, uh, Justin, about joy. So you like that, J-O-Y. So uh, that's Thank good. You. So that's your challenge this week. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That challenge this week, guys, is to, um, if you're a Christian, if you're not, please talk to any one of us here on the show. I put links to all the Facebook uh, accounts for everybody. Reach out to anybody on this on this panel um, because we can help you. We can answer those questions. And we are not perfect, folks. We do not profess to be and know everything. All we know is Jesus Christ. He he's makes us who we are. So don't, don't feel um, ashamed. Don't wait. Contact us because we're all in darkness if you don't have the light. And then secondly, if you're a Christian, be that light to somebody. This is your last chance. If you die this week, wouldn't you want to be that light to someone before that opportunity? So pick somebody in your life you think is in such darkness they need that light that you can bring. And then tell them why you're not in the darkness. Tell them who saved you from the darkness and how. That's the key. All right, Ben Grady this time. How about you close this in prayer, man? Okay. Let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to come before these brethren and, and study your word together and discuss these things pertaining to life eternal, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we, we pray, Lord, that we can be um, servants that are found pleasing in your sight, servants that are working to be fruitful and working to bring others to you, Lord. Lord, help us to uh, remember what our purpose in life is, that privilege that we have to serve you, Lord. Few thoughts sum up the total of man and our purpose than the truth of how we are privileged to be considered worthy to approach the throne of God, um, both in prayer as we are now or in, in eternity, Lord. We, we are so thankful, Lord, that you've been made uh, available for us, that we can come before your throne because of Jesus and, and that great sacrifice that we are so thankful for and so unworthy of. We know that he loved us so greatly, and we should love him because of that, because of that sacrifice, because of what he's done for us. We pray, Lord, that we can be his servants, good messengers of your word, Lord, and, and live your life uh, in a pleasing way that's in, um, that would please you and that would bring others to you, Lord. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.